Stand please while I read from Hosea 6 and 3. Hosea 6 and 3 reads, Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord. For his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And so will you say to your neighbor, follow on to know the Lord. Please be seated. There's a great difference from being introduced to a person and knowing that person. Knowledge of a person is gained only by relating to that person and experiencing life with that person. And so much in life is missed in our human relationships because they are not cultivated and because we do not really have experience with one another. Almost everything you learn is learned from somebody else. I said almost everything you learn, you learn it from somebody else. You learn from their words. You learn from their example. You learn by evaluating their behavior. You learn from the books they have written. And when you don't observe and learn from people, so much is missed. Knowledge is missed. When you don't cultivate your relationship with them, help is missed. Your personal development is missed. Guidance is missed. Fellowship is missed. So important that we cultivate our relationships with good people. Now don't cultivate your relationship with bad people because corrupt communication corrupteth good behavior or good manners. So much is missed by church members because they do not understand that the church is the body of Jesus Christ. It's made up of a fellowship of believers. So many do not comprehend the importance of loving one another and having fellowship with one another. The Lord added to the church such as should be saved. When people get saved, the Lord does not will that they should be out isolated, alone, and by themselves. He places them in a church because Within the life of a church, in the life of the body of Christ, the fellowship of believers, they benefit from that involvement. The church is the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, that means we are together in this thing. If you come in the church today and there'd been an ear lying in the doorway and an arm just a few feet beyond that, and as you continue to walk, if you kept on walking, that'd be a foot just a little bit further. And a leg and a torso in the center aisle when you sought to come down. You would have made a fast, quick exit from this auditorium. Because a disjointed body is not only a dead body, it's a horrible sight to behold. But there are those who have no reluctance about separating themselves from their brothers and sisters in Christ and treating their brothers and sisters in Christ as if they were something altogether different from they themselves as if this is a disjointed body with limbs and torsos and heads lying all over the place separated and disjointed. But the Lord has put us together in the church. And one of the reasons that he has put us together is not just for unity, but rather 
that a disjointed body is a horrible sight. We miss so much, not only what we have to offer one another, but we miss so much from God because so many believers are satisfied just to have met God. And I strongly stress, emphasize every time I make an altar call and every time somebody comes down to the altar that, listen, you've just started. Now you've got to grow. And you grow by fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You grow, you go on, you follow on by the word and so on and so forth because it is very important that we not just meet God, but that we get to God and know God more and more every, every day. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. It's more than just meeting him. What sick person would be satisfied to go to the doctor's office and meet the doctor and walk out the door? What hungry person would be satisfied to go to the restaurant and meet the chef? I'm glad to meet you, Chef Andre. And then walk out the door and go our way. What married person would be satisfied to walk down to the altar, say the pledge, say I do, and then walk out the door and live in separate locations for the rest of your life? These relationships have meaning. They have effectiveness only as we follow on. Our relationship with God has meaning and significance only as we follow on. To know the Lord. And so let me affirm first that it is possible to know God. I said it is possible to know God. That is affirmed by the text that we've just read. Hosea 6 and 3 says, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And then he says his going forth is as prepared as the morning. And God's available to us, God's availability to us is just as certain, just as definite as is tomorrow morning's light. Just as surely as the sun rose today and just as surely as the sun will rise on tomorrow, you shall know the Lord if you follow on to know the Lord. Now, that, that establishes the certainty of the possibility of knowing God. For the text says it's just as sure as tomorrow morning's light. Just as surely as the sun rises. You don't have to live in doubt about your relationship with God, about God's power in your life. Just as sure as the sun rose this morning, you will know the Lord if you follow on to know the Lord. Not only is it definite and certain that we can know the Lord, it is God's wish that we should know him. It would be a different matter if God had hidden himself, if God had not revealed himself, if God had not made himself available to us. But God wants us to know him. God wants us to have a relationship with him. Hosea 6 and 6, the Lord says, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and I desired the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. It's more important to God that we seek to know God and relate to God personally than it is that we should do things for him. If we know him, we will do things for him. But if we just do things for him without knowing him, it means absolutely nothing to him. God declares that the only justification for glory, for satisfaction, for being pleased with ourselves is the fact that we know God. I know the things that you may be proud about. I know the things that you may be caught up in and captivated by, 
I know all the glamour and the glitter, the wonder, the greatness that is in the earth, the fame, the, the renown, uh, uh, the power, the money, the pleasure that's available in life. And I know how important these things are to some people, but they are not at all important to God. When you come before God, the only thing God wants to know is, do you know me? <laughs> I know what folk think about you. I know what you think about yourself. But do you have any knowledge of me? The Lord said in Jeremiah 9, 23, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth Glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. God says, be proud of the fact that you know me. And if you don't know me, you really don't have all that much to be proud about. God promised that this was a task, a responsibility that would not be just left up to us, that we had to know him. You really can't know anybody unless they reveal themselves to you anyway. And so God has promised to make provision that we might know him. Tell your neighbor, God has promised to make provision that you might know him. In Jeremiah 24 and 7, the Lord said, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, and they shall return unto me with their whole heart. God said, I'll prepare you, I'll fix you, so that you can know me. I pray to be, Lord, fix me so that I can know you. And then finally, in Hosea 10 and 12, the Bible reminds us of the urgency of knowing the Lord. For the Bible says it's time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. Listen, with all the stuff that's going on in our world, I'm just driven to draw nearer to God. I'm driven to seek the more of God when folk are walking up in theaters and shooting people in the 10s and 15s and 20s when people are putting bombs on their bodies and exploding themselves when people are coming up with all kind of demonic and evil philosophies and attitudes about life when you're not safe even in your own bedroom in your own house I'm driven to seek the more of my God hallelujah well, let's ask the question, how do you go about knowing God? Well, number one, you follow God and you know God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the very manifest image of God. For Jesus said in John 10 and 30, I and my Father are one. And in John 14 and 9, Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Jesus is the very elevated, real, revealed image of God. He is the very person of God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so Jesus is God. For he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And so if you want to know God, look at Jesus. Look at his power. Look at his holiness. Look at the miracles that he wrought. Look at the life he lived. Look at the resurrection that he experienced. If you want to know God, look at Jesus. And so we know God through Jesus Christ. But we also know God by faith. For Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you diligently seek him, he rewards you. But you seek him by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so by faith, you begin to seek God. You trust 
in the revealed image of God in Jesus Christ and you seek God by faith. But then you also know God and seek God through the word of God. So many people want to know God without knowing the word of God. The Bible is the best-selling book in all of history, but it's also the least read book in all of history. You buy a new car, you look at the owner's manual. You get a new television, you look at the manual to find out how the television works. You get a new kitchen appliance, you look at the manual so that you'll know how to use that appliance. You get saved, you lay the Bible aside and feel like you know more about God than anybody else does in five straight minutes. But listen, you know God through his word. This is a revealed word of God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says you err not knowing the scriptures and not knowing the power of God. Jesus in John 5, 39 said that the scriptures are the testimony about me. And we must become more and more people of the word and people who study the word of God because we know God through the word. It's not enough to meet him and lay your Bible aside. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you should be daily in the word of God because they reveal what is to be known about God. But not only do we know God through the word, we know God by seeking for God. In Jeremiah 29 and 13, the Bible says, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And those who really want to know God, they put forth a sincere effort that they might know him, that they might experience him. Everything they can do to get close to God, they do it because they really want to know the Lord. If you seek God and know God through public and private worship, you seek him by worshiping him. You seek him by praising him. Jesus said in John 4 and 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Every worship service is an evaluation session. Every time we come together, God examines us. He walks up and down the aisles, in between the pews, looking for true worshipers looking for folk who are willing to get out of themselves and to get into the spirit, looking for folk who are not just going through the form and through the fashion, looking for folk who have a hunger for God, who have a longing for the presence of God. And when the Lord finds somebody who wants to worship him, when he finds somebody that wants to praise him, he stops by and he abides with them. Come on, clap your hands and give praise. the Bible says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, how do you do that preacher? Well, you do it by putting your whole being, your soul, your mind, your everything in worshiping God and in harmony with the word of God. Our worship ought to be based on the word and our worship ought to be like the word of God. Because worship is a vehicle by which we communicate and have fellowship with God. Look at your neighbor and say, worship is a vehicle by means of which we have fellowship with God and enter the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worshiping Him. The Bible says in spirit and in truth. 
That is determining. I'm just not going to be in, in the physical. I'm not going to be uh, in, in the material dimension. I'm just not going to do this in my wisdom and in my logic and in, in my reason. But God, I'm going to reach out for your spirit. My spirit is going to reach out for your spirit and merge with your spirit and receive from you those things that you would have to offer me as I worship your name. Hallelujah. Worship is not a program. Worship is not a choir concert where you sit and listen to the intricacy of the harmony of the music. Worship is the process of entering into the presence of Almighty God. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so every song ought to touch my heart. I'm not just listening to the song, I'm participating in the song and taking the words of the song that reach out from me to Almighty God. Worship is everybody's job because worship is the way that we relate to God. And listen, when you relate to God around, when you reach out to God, all right, the Bible says the Father seeketh somebody like you to really worship him. God looks for worshipers. And God is looking for somebody to worship him on today. Come on, lift up your hands and worship the Lord. And praise the Lord. For the Bible lets me know that when we really worship God, God reaches out and pulls us close unto himself. And he begins to bless us with every blessing that we might conceive of needing. In Psalm 22 and verse 3, the Bible informs us that the Lord inhabits the praises of Israel. In other words, the Lord is enthroned in the worship of his people. When we worship God, that is our way of inviting God not only into the midst of the church, but inviting God into our hearts. When we worship God, that's our way of saying, Lord, we're ready to turn this service over to you. We're willing to give it to you, Lord. What you want to do, do what you want to do that your people might be blessed. And when the Lord is enthroned in our praises, the Lord begins to pass out blessings and begins to pass out miracles. Listen, miracles don't happen because some great human healer comes along. Miracles happen because the Lord's people give him a place to sit so he can bless them. The Lord sits on the throne and he begins to heal. He begins to deliver. He begins to set free. He begins to work miracles in our life. And so worship is prayer. Worship is praise. Worship is intercession. Worship is communing with God. Worship is singing praise unto the Lord. And the Lord is looking for some folk who are really going to worship him because we know him through worship. And then we know him by being obedient and by being trustworthy. I said we know him by being obedient and by being trustworthy. Jesus said, if a man loved me, John 14, 23, he will keep my commandments and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. When you really love God, when you're really following after God, when you're really seeking God, you do the will of God. Because you don't want anything to happen that might breach or interrupt your relationship with God. You want that relationship to be ongoing. And Jesus said, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. But then beyond that, we know God through the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to say the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you are endued with power from on high. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. 
is come upon you. Who is the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. Jesus said, if I don't depart, the comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So you've got the promise of Jesus because he has departed that he will send the Holy Ghost unto us. Listen, the Holy Ghost is for you. And it comes to give us power, power to do the work of God, power to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, power to live in the power and the anointing of the Lord. And Jesus said, you shall receive that power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's promised, he shall come if I depart I will send him unto you. Look at your neighbor and say the Holy Ghost is here right now. Or oh, tell somebody else the Holy Ghost is here right now. Oh, bless the name of God. And you receive the Holy Ghost by faith. I said you receive it by faith. The Bible says that we might receive the promise of the Father through faith. And so what does faith do? Faith takes hold to the promise of God. And then faith begins to praise God for what God promised to do even before God does it. And while faith is praising God for what God promised to do even before God does it, God does it. When you praise him, the Lord is ushered in on the wings of our praise. Come on, could we give God a praise? Hallelujah. Praise him because he promised it. Praise him because his word says it. Praise him because we believe his word. Praise him because we're stepping out on his word. Praise him because we have faith in his word. And while you praise him, God does the work. Come on, thank God. Hallelujah. Well, why should we follow on to know the Lord? We should follow on to know the Lord because our ability to relate to God, our ability to relate to God is dependent on our knowledge of God. Would you tell your neighbor, our ability to relate to God is dependent on our knowledge of God. If you don't know God, you don't know how to relate to God. You don't know how to deal with God. You don't know how to be effective in your relationship with God if you don't know him. And so you need to know God so that you know how to relate to God and how to receive from God those things that the Lord would send into your life. You need to know God because you can't deal with him effectively. But you also need to know God because God has so much to offer us. And the better we know him, the more we can receive from him. If you don't know how to receive, if you don't know what God offers, then you go sometimes without. And you don't even know how to ask for it. For the Bible says you have not, because you ask not. But ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Oh, bless the name of God. We should follow on to know God because the Bible encourages us to follow on to know the Lord. Don't just get acquainted with him, but get to know him better and better every day. Colossians 1 and 10 says that we should increase in the knowledge of God. And Philippians 3 and 10 said, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to know him and experience him in every dimension of his being. I want to know the same power that he knew when he arose from the dead, shook off death and said, I'm he that is alive. I was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. In John 17 and 3, the Bible says this is life eternal, that we might know thee, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent but you also know him through repentance and through confession sin creates an interpersonal conflict sin creates an unresolved conflict and so many people fall into sin and feel like it does not interrupt their relationship with God but listen when you do somebody wrong the relationship is breached and you cannot just resume the relationship as if nothing has happened when you break somebody's heart when you disappoint somebody you can't just show up as if nothing has gone wrong and things be as they were before no it's not business as usual until you apologize and say I'm sorry for what I said I'm sorry for what I did will you please forgive me well there are some people who let the Lord down and then come back to church throw their arms up in the air like nothing has gone wrong and worship God but the Lord is saying no I still remember what you did I still remember what you thought I still remember what you said and you've got to straighten it out and the Bible says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness God I'm sorry God I did wrong God I let you down will you forgive me and the Bible says that's all the Lord really wants if you repent from your heart God will forgive your sin he'll restore to you the joy of your salvation somebody in the room needs to say Lord forgive me and give me another chance Lord I'm sorry and I want your forgiveness Lord I'm sorry I need your mercy the Lord is plenteous in mercy and the Lord says I'm married to the backslider all you've got to do is come back confess your sins get things right with God and then go higher and higher in the power of God I'm almost through but what are the results of knowing God what happens when you know God well the first thing that happens is you get peace peace that passes all understanding Job 22 and 21 says acquaint thyself with God and be at peace when you know him you've got peace in the midst of the storm the wind may blow the waves may dash the lightning may flash but you can walk with peace in your heart be still my soul the Lord is on your side and if God be for us who can be against us so you have peace when you know God you become like God because God through the power of the Holy Ghost begins to share his attributes the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that's given unto us he shares with us his love he shares with us his holiness he shares with us his power he shares with us his anointing when you know him you become like him and everything he has he gives it unto you come on and praise the Lord when you love him you've got his favor I said you've got his favor and favor is worth more than money favor is worth more than wisdom favor is worth more than power you can do more in one moment of favor than you can in a lifetime of labor and the Lord gives you favor when you know him he'll move you to the front of the line he'll take you higher than you've ever gone before favor 
given by God when you really know him hallelujah hallelujah all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are the called according to his purpose and we know that all things work together for good tell your neighbor it's working for my good yes 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 when you know him I said when you know him you're close to the greatest power in the universe how wonderful it would be to have the power of the world how wonderful it would be to match the powerful men that walk the face of the earth but how much more wonderful it is to be to know the power that flung the stars against the blackness of the night how wonderful it is to know the God that created the sun and created the moon how great it is to know the God that raised up Jesus from the dead there's no greater power than that power and when you know him he gives that power to you for greater is he that's in you than is he that's in the world I've got power that you can't see God is living inside me I can fight any enemy for God and me are a majority tell your neighbor God and me are a majority come on and praise him if God be for us who can be against us yes 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 when you know him I said when you know him he gives you his power of attorney I had to do some work the other day and I was talking to one of the professionals that served me and he said I need your power of attorney to do that for you and so I filled out the power of attorney form and I sent it through I faxed it to him so he'd have it available right away and that means he can act for me that means he can speak for me that means he can make commitments on my behalf well on the other day Jesus got up from the dead and he said I give you my power of attorney that whatever you ask in my name it shall be done it shall it shall be done all you've got to say and all you've got to have faith to believe is in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I am healed in the name of Jesus I am delivered in the name of Jesus I'm set free in the name of Jesus I've got my miracle Jesus said I give you power I give you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you as long as I've got Jesus I'm all right he's a fence around me he's protection he's healing he's power yes yes Lord yes Lord Jesus is the one he said if you abide in me and my word abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be done tell your neighbor it shall be done help me praise him yes oh yes oh yes say it again it shall it shall be done point at your sickness and say it shall be done point at those unpaid bills and say it shall be done point at your poverty and say it shall be done point at your miracle and say it shall be done
God. How many of you want God in your life? Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to walk with me, talk with me. Lord, I want you to be there every morning when I wake up. Lord, I want you to be with me all day long. I'm following after you. I'm following after you. I'm following after you. Oh, bless the name of God. Elisha said to Elijah, I want a double portion of the spirit that's upon you. Elijah said, that's difficult, but if you see me when I'm taken away, you shall receive it. And so Elisha began to follow Elijah everywhere he went. Elijah would say, go over here for me. But Elisha would say, no, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to follow you. Every day he was on his trail. Every day he followed behind him. He would not turn aside. Finally, the Lord sent a chariot to take Elijah away. And Elisha was right there. As the chariot ascended, he dropped his mantle on Elisha. And Elisha received a double portion of the Spirit of the Lord. If you want the Spirit of the Lord in your life, raise your hand and praise Him. Then shall we know, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Will you say it after me? Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Hallelujah. For he said his coming is as the rising of the sun. It's like the morning. And then he said he would send it as the former and the latter rain. The former rain fell around October. That was the first part of the rainy season. But if they got only the former rain and no latter rain, they would plant their crops and their crops would still die. The former rain was a signal to plant your crops, to sow your seed, and then the latter rain would come to water the flock. But the Lord said, I'm just not going to send the former rain. I'm not going to send the latter rain, but I'm going to send the former and the latter rain. Your crops are going to grow. I'm going to send you plenty. And God said to us today, I'm not going to send you just the former rain. I'm not going to send you just the latter rain, but I'm going to send you the former and the latter rain. I'm going to send you the first rain, but it's going to keep on coming all the way to April. The rain is going to be falling. Your crops are going to flourish. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be the top and not the bottom. I'm going to send the rain. Raise your hand and say, send the rain, Lord. Send the rain. Oh, send it. Send it. Send it. And let me close with this. The Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall, they shall, not they might, not they may, but they shall be filled. Are there any hungry people? Are there any thirsty folk in the house today? You shall, you shall be filled. Tell your neighbor I'm hungry, I'm thirsty for God, for the Holy Ghost. I shall, I shall, I shall be filled. Fill me, bless me. Touch me, revive me, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him. Spirit of God is here. Holy Ghost is here. It's time to receive it. It's time to have it in your life. Receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Everybody praise him. He's ushered.
ushered in on the wings of our praise. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty as the heart panic for the water brook. My soul pants for you. I'm thirsty. Thirsty. Quench my thirst. Feed me. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Everybody stand up and praise him. I want to know you. 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 And you know him by repentance. You know him by confession. There's something between you and God. You can't really enter into his presence as you would desire. There's an area of failure, an area of weakness. The Lord says, I'll help you with it, but don't hide it. Bring it to me. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's not only for saints. That's not only for sinners. It's also for saints. Because no matter how good we are, we ought to be better. No matter how much we do, we ought to do more. No matter how righteous we are, that old sinful nature in us will rise up and speak things to our mind and our heart. So we need to come before God and say, Lord, forgive me. I confess my sins. I present them to you. I repent for them. Forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I want to be the person that you'd have me to be. But there are some in the house today who don't know God. You've not accepted him. You've not lived your life to his glory and honor. You need to receive him today. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And to know him is life eternal. There's another world. And your passport into that world is the blood of Jesus Christ. Faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Are your sins forgiven? Do you know the Lord? Should death come into your life today, are you prepared to stand before God in judgment? Are your sins forgiven? Have you repented for them? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to pray for somebody who needs forgiveness. I want to pray for somebody who wants to follow God, who wants to know God, who wants God be a reality in your life. And I'll pray for you right where you stand, right where you are. Every sin can be forgiven right where you are. Every wrong thing in your life can be set right by the wonderful power of Almighty God. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, I need God. I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. 
If that's you, if you would pray that prayer, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'll pray for you right where you are. But I want you to lift your hand as your way of saying, Preacher, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need my sins forgiven. I need to be sure that things are well between me and God. I need to know that I've set things right. I need to know that God is in my life, that God is with me, that God has forgiven me. I need to know that God's going to help me as I go through this journey of life. If you would say, preacher, pray for me, lift that hand, keep it lifted, lift it high, please. This is your moment, this is your time, your day. I'll only take a little longer to do that. There are 10 more of you that need to lift your hands as your way of saying, preacher, I need God. And I want you to pray for me that God will come into my life. Lift those hands, please. Even in the balcony, Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you and reaching out to you. Don't refuse him. Don't reject him. I'm about to pray. Dear Lord, I pray for those whose hands are uplifted. Thank you that you, by your grace, have brought us together into your house. Thank you that the word has been proclaimed. Thank you, dear Lord, that you've taken that word and your power and you have touched the hearts of those whose hands are lifted and those who should lift their hands, God. Thank you for drawing even them. Fulfill the work of salvation in their life. Draw them to yourself in a way that they will never leave you nor turn away from you. In the name of Jesus, forgive their sins, change their lives. Everybody repeat this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that Jesus arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. And I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you.